What does a game plan look like for the Miami Dolphins to secure a win in week six? We are exploring that here today on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked on Dolphins. It's your team. Every day here on the Locked On Network, I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Tip of the cap to our everydayers, because it is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. We don't just say it, we live it. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL in all lowercase for a first deposit match of up to $100. Today's show, we ground the tape on the last couple of games for the Carolina Panthers. We've looked at this team in depth. We have kind of explored what they have at their disposal, things they do well, things they don't do well, athletic challenges, athletes that are game-changing type of players. And the um, objective is to just kind of line it all out and, and talk about what a formulated game plan for Miami to accommodate for those things should look like. And uh, we're going to start over on the offensive side of the ball. So we're going to be talking about the Carolina Panthers defense first. So some of the notes that I have here, uh, they have athletic rangy linebackers and safeties between uh, Frankie Louvu and Jeremy Chin and Von Bell. There are a couple of players on this Carolina defensive back seven up the middle uh, that do have the ability to run. Uh, whether that is triggering forward, whether that is playing uh, and pushing to uh, the flat or hook curl, or from a Von Bell perspective, range on the back end is a deeper safety. Uh, there are a couple players that that can reasonably space the field. But what I thought was interesting is I saw quite a bit in the games that I watched of country zone, uh, be that quarters or cover three. And what is country zone? Well, there's zone match. And then there's country zone. Country zone means we're covering landmarks. We are not compressing and squeezing to receivers. When you play country zone, teams like the Dolphins can have the ability to really dictate terms because they know where the soft spaces in those zones are. And their pre-snap process gives you a lot of answers before the snap as far as what they are playing. So I think that's something for Miami. You're always expecting motion to be the case. But if the Panthers are going to try to zone you in the way that they have the last couple of weeks, and they're going to zone landmarks and not squeeze and compress receivers while playing zone, that opens the door for Miami, I think, to have a very successful day in spite of the fact that they do have some athletic and rangy players in the middle of the, of the back seven. So that's something for me that, you know, continuing to make sure your pre-snap tells – uh, don't be a static offense. Don't be complacent. Get those pre-snap answers. That's obviously a staple of what this offense does. They should continue to do that against Carolina. Uh, this is the fifth worst rush defense in the league. And that, when you consider where Miami is at from a running the ball perspective, even without Devon H. You know, we'll see if Jeff Wilson gets activated off injured reserve. We have Savan Ahmed practicing this week. We have Raheem Mostert. Uh, Chris Brooks just kind of lingering along, but the Dolphins averaging 6.9 yards per carry. 6.9 yards per carry this season. 
and uh, the Panthers are allowing 4.9 yards per carry, and they've allowed nine rushing touchdowns thus far this season. That's an area that my eyes get big, and I get really excited about what that's going to look like. But how do you get there? And what really surprised me when I did the research on the Panthers and the tape of the last couple of weeks is Derek Brown, who's a former top 10 pick. Uh, some of these uh, Williams, uh, one of the other shy Tuttle, their interior defensive lineman. And Derek Brown didn't practice on Thursday along with Brian Burns. We'll see what his status is for the game. But even with Derek Brown in there, I was surprised to see how much vertical movement teams were able to get in the run game running between the tackles. And I was surprised to see how often the pad level of Derek Brown and Williams and Tuttle was up above the pad level of the blockers on the other side of the ball. So you have athletic and rangy safeties and linebackers, but you have guys up on the front who I don't think are anchoring to the degree in which maybe my expectation was based on their reputation, and you have a porous run defense. Get downhill on these guys. That's I'm looking for running between the tackles, whether that's inside zone, whether that's split flow zone, whether that's gap concepts that that be power and lead or counter, whatever it may be, that windback toss where we toss, but we're automatically looking to cut back against the grain and facilitate a little bit of second level flow and then you know displace them with the toss action, but we're still able to get vertical movement in the run game on the, the down lineman, but you've moved the linebackers with the ball action. Those are things for me that I'm looking for in the running game to hope that the Dolphins uh, can have success. Uh, just, just another administrative note, uh, Carolina cannot afford to play Ben don't break defense. They are fifth worst in the NFL in red zone touchdown conversions. Uh, they have allowed 19 trips into the red zone thus far this season and 13 touchdowns. And Miami's very potent in that capacity. So this can't be Ben don't break the last couple of teams you've, you've heard talk about, you know, it was talked about with new England. It was talked about with Buffalo. Oh, bend don't break allow them to move the ball a little bit. But when things get compressed in, uh, we're going to tighten up before she kick field goals. Carolina can't afford to play that kind of game. So get trips in the red zone, move the ball healthily, and you should be able to finish those opportunities. Um, another administrative note for Carolina, they are uh, the fourth worst missed tackle rate in the NFL as far as a uh, number of missed tackles thus far this season. So you have country zone. Throw into spots, run after catch opportunities. You have vertical run game opportunity that's really going to stress those linebackers step downhill. Uh, so I do think the middle of the field, getting more targets back into that area for Miami uh, is something that you may see. This has the makings of one of those matchups for me. That they can really get after the, the sweet spot of where this offense really likes to attack between the hashes. Sometimes some teams have taken that away with some success and forced you to throw elsewhere. And Miami has better answers this year to do it. But I do think based on the lack of sturdiness in the run game uh, and, and the recipe for missed tackles, I, I think that you will see the Dolphins probe that area and look for big chunk gains in that regard. Uh, their best game record is number zero, which is Brian Burns. Uh, did not practice on Thursday. Very, very, very physically talented player. Uh, was a former first-round pick by the Panthers a few years back. Uh, but the other personnel tells that I, I think are interesting is 97, which is Yeter Gross Matos. 
number 21, which is Jeremy Chin. Yitra Gross Matos, he can line up outside, he can line up inside. Uh, you can kind of get a feel for what they're running or what they're expecting or what they're leaning based on where he lines up. If he lines up inside, you know, you know you're you're kind of getting a speed rush package or they're, they're really going to try to mix it up. If he's going to be lined up outside, you're, you're probably going to get a little bit more expectation for neutral downs and running of the football. So that's a player who uh, you, you can look at some of the, the fronts that Carolina has implemented. And it kind of gives you a clue on what they're doing behind it based on where he's lined up, which will be a useful tip for Miami. Um, my, my other bit of run action pass advice as it pertains to some of the, the numbers of players that we just threw out here. Uh, I would not power pass at number zero, which is uh, Brian Burns. The Dolphins love to do some of this run action in the backfield where they're pulling the guard in protection and that player's looking to set the edge of the pocket. Don't pull a guard and ask him to pick up Brian Burns in space. If you have a call to that side, let's flip the play. Let's have a kill at the line of scrimmage. Let's just run the ball, whatever. But if you leave Brian Burns unblocked and ask a guard to pull and run action and get out there and square him up in space, that's a recipe for a negative play offensive. So don't do it. Or at least try not to do it. Take yourself out of that position. Those are some of the thoughts that I have as far as uh, offensively against Carolina, the observations that I had in working through the tape and just kind of writing down my notes. We are going to go over to the defensive side of the ball next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. So stick with us. Everyone should feel empowered to take care of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. And that's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Do not get caught unprepared. Get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics from Jace Medical by using code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. So defensively against Carolina's offense, you're going against a rookie quarterback, the first overall pick in the NFL draft, and that's Bryce Young. And... um we talked about this yesterday with Julian Council of Locked On Panthers and the parallels between what Tua Tagovailoa experienced his rookie season in the NFL and what Bryce Young is currently experiencing uh, during his first year as the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. Bryce is coming off a game in which he threw three touchdown passes, had two interceptions and uh, was sacked the least amount of times of any game of his NFL career. That's good. It was, you know, they lost by 18 points, I believe, 16 points, 18 points. Don't ask me to do math in real time. It's 18 points uh, to the Detroit Lions. 25 of 41, 247 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, one sack for four yards, First game without a fumble for Bryce, so there's progress there, but still had two, two turnovers in this football game. Carolina largely, and you've this is the second time you've heard this for a team going into playing Miami, and it's not because of Miami, it's because of their own struggles. So you heard this ahead of the Denver game too. 
they're alluding to simplifying the offense for Bryce Young, which to me is a little bit alarming because as I'm watching this offense, it is very vanilla. It is very training wheel oriented. It is very static. There's not a lot of pre-snap tells. The Panthers like to do a lot of five-man protections and release all their eligibles out into routes and ask their offensive line to hold up in protection for Bryce. He is a rookie. Um, there's a lot of rookie-esque plays and mistakes. There's not understanding the protection and knowing when you're going to have free runners, taking bad sacks, having poor ball security while you are extending plays within the pocket and carrying the ball too low and it gets knocked out of your hands. Um, so if I'm Miami, I want to compress the pocket and I want to force Bryce Young to continue to throw from the pocket because with his stature at five foot ten and um, being somebody who wants to get outside the pocket and extend plays and kind of get off script and make some stuff happen, I want to keep him in there. I want to compress this pocket and squeeze it around him and force to throw with accuracy with bodies around him in closed quarters. Because especially if you consider where Bryce Young is able to throw the football, it sets you up for a lot of success if you are able to do that. So I would probably play a little tighter on the back end than what you're used to. Bryce Young on passes between 10 and 19 yards downfield. This is courtesy of um, the Fantasy Points data suite. Is 14 of 35 for 224 yards, one touchdown and three interceptions with a 35.9 passer rating on passes between 10 and 19 yards downfield beyond the line of scrimmage this year. So Tua's you know, 10 to 19 arguably is one of his, his, his best area of the field to attack the intermediate stuff, up over top of the linebackers, down in front of the safeties. Bryce is completing, what is that? That's 40%, 40% of his passes for 224 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, passer rating of 36 from 10 to 19. On the season, and he started four games. He's only attempted five passes further than 20 yards downfield on the season. And he's completed two of them for 50 yards. So across four games, he's completed 16 total passes further than 10 yards down the field. He's completed 92, uh, 92 passes this season on 144 attempts. It should paint quite the picture. And it's, it's a lot of, Quick RPO, perimeter screen, trying to get the ball out in space, but they don't have athletes. My notes on these wide receivers, they're slow burn wide receivers that don't have a lot of twitch. So they struggle with separation. Adam Thielen's kind of the featured guy at this stage in his career, but he's not somebody with the explosiveness that's really going to test you in coverage. You tackle well, you're going to have a day against this football team because they, they try to just mitigate. And that's where, for me, when I hear they want to simplify an offense that is already throwing screen passes, perimeter screens, tunnel screens, running back screens, literally just trying to mitigate what they have up front. And then they'll mix in some drift eights and, and glance routes 
and wrap-ins, and he'll throw something over the middle of the field. That's really it. That's really the extent of where they're finding any level of consistency and productivity in the passing game. So if I'm Miami, I want to force you to beat me outside the numbers and 15-plus yards downfield. I would be a little bit more aggressive with the coverage shell here and not be content to just get dinked and dunked down the field. And if they hit one up over the top against you, it'd be their first one all season. And dare them to do it continuously. Now, if Carolina's going to come out and they're going to run condensed sets, I, I would want to bring five-man pressures or bring simulated pressures and overload a side. Because his eyes and, and feeling pressure and there's a lot of busts in protection where the back is flowing to the wrong side or the center's stepping away from where the, the biggest threat is or the tackle's in a position where he's taking uh, what he perceives to be the most dangerous player, but he's letting somebody run through him inside and get a free run to the quarter. Like There's a lot of procedural issues, which you'd expect with a rookie quarterback. So I don't know how you're planning on simplifying what I think is already a, a pretty simplified outlook. But that would be for Miami. I would embrace the vanilla. I, I wouldn't show pressure a lot. But I would bring pressure if they gave me the opportunity with condensed formations. To bring an extra, bring a fourth player off a side and then drop somebody else out. And rotate my coverage shell behind it. But the point of emphasis from rushing the passers, I want to squeeze and compress. I want to keep him in there. And I want to dare him to beat me downfield in a compressed pocket. Because he's shown no ability to do it thus far. That's all I have for the uh, defensive notes against Carolina. Uh, we are going to zoom out. Look at the big picture for what this week is going to bring for uh, the NFL and the opportunities that await the Dolphins as a result. That is coming up next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. So keep it locked in right here. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it is you against the numbers, not you against thousands of other players and pros and sharks. You pick more or less on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. You can make your selections with just a few taps on your phone in 60 seconds or less. You hit those six player stat projections or more or less, and you can get that 25 times your money on this game. So it's a lot of fun. I want you to check it out. They offer weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, prize picks, discounts, each player projections. Uh, up to 25% to provide even more value. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for first deposit match of up to $100. That is prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for first deposit match of up to $100. So the Dolphins, from a big picture standpoint, they're coming into this week or I guess I should say this weekend, because the Chiefs won last night against the Broncos. Imagine only scoring 19 points against the Denver Broncos. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Or am I? I don't know. The Chiefs won their 5-1. and one. 
the Chiefs are the only other one-loss team in the conference, so Miami has an opportunity to match pace with Kansas City. If they were to do that, then Miami would obviously be sitting at 5-1 with the, the matchup against the Chiefs looming uh, later this month. No, beginning of next month, beginning of November. So uh, AFC conference matchups, there's a lot of intra-conference matchups uh, this week. You only have four games that are AFC exclusive. You had one of them on Thursday with Denver and Kansas City. It would have behooved us for Denver to win. Oh, well. Uh, you have a London game between Baltimore and Tennessee at 9 o'clock on Sunday morning, 9.30, I suppose. Uh, I'm inclined to say we should be rooting for um, Baltimore or to lose this game. Uh, Tennessee, you're going to play both teams, so you're going to have a head-to-head matchup either way. But if Miami and the big-picture aspirations of what they want this season to be uh, – I'd be more leery about Baltimore from a seeding perspective when you're looking at the postseason. So you, you would want Baltimore, who is currently sitting at three and two, to drop that game uh, to Tennessee. You have two three and two teams playing each other in the AFC North or in the AFC South between Indianapolis and Jacksonville. I have a hard time feeling that one breaking any way that has a lot of meaning for the Dolphins. Uh, so say the home team is Jacksonville. We expect Jacksonville to win that division. Um, but either way, you're going to have a four and two team in first place in the, the AFC South as a result of that head to head matchup. And then the last AFC exclusive game is the New England Patriots against the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, the Raiders are one and three, and the Patriots are one and four. Are the Raiders really one and three? That doesn't feel right. They had their bye already? No, they lo- so they're also one and. They're, they're two and three. They lost to the Packers. I won't throw shade on the website that I was looking at. Can't imagine that the pack, uh, that the uh, Raiders are going to push long-term for a playoff spot with the schedule being what it is and the degree of difficulty of playing in the AFC West. Uh, I selfishly would love to see the Patriots uh, in the mud a little bit further. Uh, you just don't want to see them land the first overall pick with the quarterbacks that are eligible this year. So, I'll be rooting for the Raiders, uh, at least at this stage of the game. Now, you have some other threats that are playing big-time competition. You have the Seahawks going to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. The Bengals won uh, by two touchdowns against Arizona last week. That's a team that's obviously looking to climb back into the AFC North standings. They're currently 2-3. and three. You should be rooting for the NFC team in effectively all of these matchups, in my mind. Uh, You have the Cleveland Browns hosting the San Francisco 49ers. If you wanted to root for the Browns just for the uh, 49ers to lose a game, it's one of the two undefeateds left this season. I'm cool with it. I get it. Uh, But from just a a seeding perspective, I think it's pretty likely uh, that Cleveland would drop this game and and that would hurt them. They would drop two, uh, two and three on the season. They did have their bye last week. Uh, Texans, Saints, pretty inconsequential game. Uh, the Eagles visiting the New York Jets. I think we all know what we are rooting for to happen there. Um, you would hate for Philadelphia to lose that game too with the big matchup next week. Uh, you would hate to get a team that is smarting off of a loss uh, and, and super motivated to come play their best football as compared to having to battle the uh, content level and nature of being 6-0. and The Buffalo Bills 
are hosting the New York Giants. Don't like the Giants' chances there, but hey, you never know, Brian Dayball, Bowl. And then the Chargers are hosting the Dallas Cowboys. And Miami obviously already has a head-to-head there, but if you are being sensitive to all potential playoff avenues, uh, the Chargers are a team that has bounced back to 2-2. Two and two. You would be hoping that they would fall as well. So that's kind of the week for Miami. Uh, a lot of teams that have tough assignments in the AFC. This is another opportunity for Miami to kind of create some more distance. You're getting into separation season. You're midway through October, October, November, and then it's about finishing strong late in the year, making sure you're playing your best football. But now is the time to start to separate, and Miami has an opportunity to do that if they're able to run the record to 5-1. Let's go 1-0 this week, and we'll worry about the big picture beyond that uh, and, and talk about what comes next starting on Monday, or I guess starting on Sunday night. But uh, the Dolphins with a, a prime chance to move to five and one going against the Carolina Panthers. That is next for them. And hope you guys enjoy. I will be back after the game to talk about what happens on Hard Rock Stadium with the Dolphins facing the Panthers in week six, looking to move to five and one. Hope to see you then. Fins up. Enjoy your weekend. I'll talk to you all again soon.